Welcome to Fresh Takes on the Future of Work. We are focused on fresh perspectives from business and HR leaders about the future of work. Fresh is an acronym for freedom, resourcefulness, empathy, simplicity, and happiness. Values core to operating in the future of work. We'll tie back to these while exploring interesting stories and actionable ideas. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jess Pagoni. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. And I'm the co-founder and CEO of Luna, a technology for the modern employer, enabling flexibility and choice to meet employees where they are today and in the future. Bottom line, we create alignment between work and life to attract, engage, and retain top talent in today's competitive market. Our guest today is Ethan Berg. Ethan is the co-founder and CEO of Agora World. Ethan started designing Agora back in February of 2019 during his junior year at Temple University as a no-code founder. Before starting Agora World, he has experience working on both the business team and the technical team on app testing and usability with cutting-edge technology at a computer vision startup as well as a software development firm. After experiencing culture and collaboration at two successful startups, Ethan was inspired to chase his childhood dream of becoming a video game designer to build digital experiences he could share with others. With his no-code background, his team is constantly pushing the boundaries for how simple we can make 3D development and design so that people just like him are empowered to create their very own social experiences. He's been invited to speak at multiple large conferences, on podcasts, and TV shows since beginning his journey. A lot of progress since 2019. Ethan, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Before we dive into the show, can you tell us all a little bit more about you and the work that you're doing with Agora World? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again for having me. Excited to be here. So my background, yeah, as, as you mentioned, I'm a recent grad. I graduated at the height of the pandemic in May 2020. So my last semester was online. And, and you know, you learn a lot from that experience in itself. But while I was a student at school, I was an entrepreneurship major because I found myself, rather than studying, I'd be selling coffee to the students that were studying because the, the cafe closed during the study hours. And, and I thought that was interesting. <laughs> Running your side hustle in the study lounge. Yeah, I, well, I was studying and I want, wanted to get a coffee and it was closed from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. In, inside of the tech center. And during finals, that's the only time people are studying. That's just the prime time. So in order to get a coffee, you have to walk for like 10, 15 minutes. And because it's Temple, it's not really a place you can just leave your bag and your computer and expect it to be there when you get back. So you have to like trek all your stuff. And that just didn't make sense to me. So I'd grab the box of Joe's from Duncan, bring that over to the tech center and sell that as cups of coffee to all other students. And instead of studying. So that led me into more of the entrepreneurship space and realizing that that was really what I wanted to do was to build something. And my dad brought home a VR headset one day in 2018. And that was the first time it, it like really blew my mind. I always played video games growing up. So I've had, I've had friends digitally my entire life that I've never met in person. And the ability to feel like I was with somebody for real, like true presence was just something I've never been able to experience inside of a video game before. So, so for me, I was looking at it from the perspective, well, I've got friends that have graduated and moved places. Like, How could I create an experience that we could share together? So 
I went and I designed a virtual reality shopping platform, fully integrated with Shopify. And we built that out starting in May of 2019 as our original implementation. And after building that, we found a few things. We found, number one, my friends didn't have VR headsets. And most people still don't have access to the technology, which is a huge barrier to entry. Another thing was how difficult it was to create the experience. I had to hire developers. I had to put my life savings into it because, again, I don't know how to code. And that problem in itself, what we began to realize is not something that I am alone in. I think we've seen that with all emerging technologies across the board. Even looking back to the 90s when websites were present, you had to pay thousands of dollars to get a website built. Now, with a click of a button, you can get a website made, right? And that's just how technology progresses. And I think in the 3D space, when it comes to virtual reality, when it comes to gaming, when it comes to the metaverse, which is a, a hype word right now, it's very difficult to get involved today. And because of those problems. So our focus at this point is using my experience to lower the barriers to entry so that people can access it from the technology that they have now. So Mac and Windows to start, mobile tablet pretty soon. It is fully no code. So I can create an experience. My mom and dad can build an experience from scratch. And I think that is a beautiful thing to empower people like me because I never had the ability to do it. So I can go and build my shopping platform in 20 minutes at this point, which is pretty unbelievable. And it's affordable, so anyone can build for free. We do not charge you to start trying to build your dreams if you love it enough and you want it to be published for your community to join you there, your team to join you there, you can do it. But really, like our objective is to help you navigate the dramatic shift to becoming a more hybrid lifestyle, work-life balance. Because I think that that's going to be more present. I mean, there's talent everywhere. First off, there's talent everywhere in the world, which you don't want to limit yourself to. And Everyone's happy, as you said, like the fresh take. I think many of those things tie directly in flexibility. Your priority is your, you know, if you have kids, I want to drop them off at school. That shouldn't be a problem ever. I want to pick them up or go to their games. Absolutely. I want to go to the gym when I need to. I need to be here one day. I can't be at the office. Like I, I think that is going to become more present as we start to understand that people have lives outside of work and that work isn't your life. I think Europe looks at that in a very great way already where they take two hours off. I studied abroad there for six weeks. And you find that during lunch hours, no one is serving lunch because they're closed. But it's interesting that they look at it from that perspective. And then we look at it from ours and we wonder how some people might be happier potentially in another place. So I do look at it as hopefully we can make that shift happen. And I hope that a technology like ours can make you still feel like you're together in a way that doesn't distance you from each other, even if there is distance there. I love it. I feel like we'll dive into this a little bit more in a few minutes as well. But one thing I do want to, if you could, in your own words, you mentioned the hype word metaverse. Can you define that for us? Like, what is the metaverse and what isn't the metaverse? Where does it begin and end? Yeah. In a way, Zoom is a part of it. In a way. Not the way that someone would traditionally define it, but Essentially, it is a real-time social experience that you're able to share with others. Real-time, meaning as minimal latency as humanly possible. Okay. But you're not in the same place. So you're in different places, but it's a real-time experience. Yes. But at the same time, there are also physical experiences that could end up becoming a part of the metaverse once augmented reality is introduced. So the way that I would define the metaverse is a combination between the best of both the physical and digital worlds. It is taking the best elements of each and overlaying it on top of the other. So you take the best parts of a physical experience 
and you put that on top of a digital experience and you take the best parts of a digital experience and you take that and put that on top of the physical experience, overlaying it with information, directions in front of you instead of having to look down at your phone, right? Like that's the way that I would look at it is a blend between the two where it's now accessible. It is fully immersive, just no matter where you are. It has organic social interactions rather than commenting on a chat thread. You're really speaking with somebody else that is there. It is a live conversation and you feel presence because you're taking up space, I guess. Thank you. That's perfect. Thank you for enlightening all of us and clarifying that. So I think we can transition now to our questions. It is time to get fresh. And Ethan, my first question for you is, how do you define another definition? I'm sorry, but how do you define the future of work? I think the future of work will be more in sync with our lives. I think there's multiple parts of this. I wouldn't say I have like a specific sentence that I'd put in it. But again, flexibility, as I mentioned before, is huge. I think people doing more of what they truly enjoy and or are passionate about will become more present, especially as technology progresses. Most of the processes that we're doing now that we find mundane will be fully automated, almost a guaranteed. Even emails you send, we're getting close to automating a lot of that. So I wouldn't be surprised if many of those functions start to go away and we focus more on, I think, the human element, as I call it. I gave a presentation when I was a senior at Temple. I got invited to speak at Princeton's Hackathon, Hack Princeton 2019, talking about the human element, which I essentially define as the things that make us human, the things that you are not able to recreate, right? So you take artificial intelligence, for example, and you say, hey, I can recreate a human. Like You're essentially just giving it a bunch of data that it's reading through and getting an understanding of how a human would respond and and responds efficiently based on what they were able to learn from every piece of data that was fed into it. So when it comes to things like emotion, when it comes to things such as creativity and innovation, you are not able to recreate that at the moment. It's just, we we don't even understand how we do it. So I think we're going to start seeing people transition more to roles on that end because that's really what makes us different. And and I think everybody has a unique perspective. Everyone is creative in their own right. And we're going to start to value that significantly more as we enter a more immersive world, because the only thing that's going to get your attention is creative things. We're seeing that already today. People, attention span gets lower, 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 and lower every generation at this point. So I think that we're going to have to find ways to engage people in new creative manners that really touch your emotions and tell stories that matter. And again, everyone's story is different, but at the same time, you could relate to many people's stories. What I really appreciate, Ethan, about what you're sharing is here you are, a founder of a no-code metaverse creation company, and yet you're talking about the human experience and how critical and important that is going to continue to be as part of the future of work and as part of life ongoing. And and so I I think it's really honestly beautiful how you can see how those two things coexist, where many people might feel like it's one or the other. So I I think that's a good eye-opener for us. And I'm curious now, if I could hand you a, a magic wand right now, and you could change any one thing about work life, what would you want to see change? I would say there's two things. And I think I've said both while I was on here already. Number one, again, would go back to 
the work-life balance in a sense. Like I think there's a big discussion on you've got to work 120 hours a week to do X, right? And I think I was listening to a podcast recently with Reed Hoffman, founder of LinkedIn, and he was speaking deeply into how there were days that he would set for himself as like, this is a day to go explore and think. And I found that for myself where I'll go on a run, I'll go to the park and I'll, I'll have my best ideas because I'm finally outside of you know this box I call a computer or my phone for about an hour. And I do think that we need to spend more time away from technology to an extent. Like While it's fully embedded in our lives at this point and it's extremely important, I do think that some of the best moments come without it. So I think that that's an important thing to throw out there. It's like, as you said, a lot of people think, oh my, like the metaverse is going to destroy the real world and take over. I actually completely disagree with that. I think based on the movies that we've made, no one wants to watch a movie with a happy ending. That, that would be the first thing I'd throw out there. So all of the movies that are made about this topic have a bad ending because that's drama. People like to see drama. And while that's definitely a possibility, I do believe that many of the founders I've found in our space are like myself and believe that it has to fit with our lives. Like it, it won't replace, it's just going to make certain parts better. And that would be how I perceive it as well as you're spending hours upon hours on your computer. Much of it feels mundane because you're not doing anything. You're typing, clicking. I think once you start to enter, well, now I'm not necessarily typing and clicking, but I'm inside of the world where I'm able to put sticky notes up same way that we would whiteboard in person and I can collaborate my teams next to me you know, to my left and right. And I can turn and look at them. Like, to me, that's a beautiful reality. Like, snap, magic wand. That would be like 10 years down the line when augmented reality and virtual reality become more present, more cheap. They're easier to put on. I do think, to an extent, they're going to replace our phones to a very high degree, an extremely high degree. And it will let us be together, even though we're not. So if I had to snap my finger, I think that it would be to progress the technology to the point that we are able to do that more seamlessly. But that is not to say that it's not possible today. I, I still think that with the technology we have, we could create a more immersive and connection-based experience than we are currently having. Yeah, yeah. So as far as fresh goes, you know, we've got our fresh takes so freedom, resourcefulness, empathy, simplicity, and happiness. Which of these areas, in connection with what you just shared, which do you see as most pressing right now as part of the future of work and the evolving employer-employee dynamic? All of them have extreme value. I think what it comes down to is simplicity at the end of the day. There are tools that would allow distributed teams to come together in a space where they feel like they're together, make decisions using swarm technology. That would effectively make a hive mind of your group to come up with how confident is our group in the decision we're making. A lot of those things are possible. But again, I think it goes back to the barrier to entry in a lot of these different domains. Like the things that really make a difference and provide the most value are still the most difficult to achieve. So when it comes down to it, the most pressing would become lowering that barrier to entry, making things more simple. Cause once it's more accessible, then you get to, okay, which is more pressing, you know, freedom, resourcefulness, happiness, empathy. And I think all of those are baked in to a lot of the things that are currently being worked on and are in development, but are difficult to get your hands on or to integrate into your own processes. Okay. Simplicity. Simpli I, simplicity might be the hardest one on here, to be honest, in, in terms of, of achieving it. So I love, that, I love that you went for it, that you're like, can we, if we can get that, it can lead to a lot of other great things. Well, and that's why I think it's the most pressing. I think everyone says, oh, tackle the easy 
problems first, I guess, right? And I look at that and I actually flip it and say, well, if it's a difficult enough problem, if I start now, I'll get it done before others are done getting the other four finished. So, and ultimately by making it, you know, once they finish the other four, they're still then going to wonder, how do I make it simple enough people can get there? So if it's not simple enough from the get-go, I don't think it provides any value. So by lowering the barrier, we at least hopefully can provide those four different aspects that you were talking about, the, the freedom of being able to feel like you're together despite being external or distributed, resourcefulness. How do you have things in a filing cabinet, right? Like you've got files everywhere. What if you could have a 3D filing cabinet that has your Dropbox folder, it has your Google Drive, and it has your OneDrive, and all of your files are there, right? Like things like that, I think having a space that is able to bring your information together into one, your 15 website pages are now one environment somebody can explore and walk through. That's huge. Empathy, again, emotion, telling your story. 3D experiences are known to tell stories, right? Like you can look at Disney movies and we connect with all of our characters, their cartoons, and Bambi's a deer, and we still connect with them because of the emotion. So I think that you can bring that into an experience you create pretty seamlessly. And the happiness side, I, I think once you have the other three accomplished, I think happiness kind of comes with it. People are able to live their life, but then also accomplish work that they really enjoy doing that doesn't feel mundane. They don't get off Zoom fatigued. They get off ready to keep going. Wouldn't that be amazing? They would be. No Zoom fatigue. Okay, Ethan. So what about managers? You've got all of these leaders who are operating really under new terms now. We are more distributed. We're working in these hybrid environments or in in some cases, fully remote environments. A lot has changed over the last couple of, of years. What advice or suggestions would you have for people who are leading teams right now? And how, how can they embrace the change that has happened or that's coming? Yeah. And again, I, I just want to throw out there, I'm 24. So the perspective you're getting from me, I am absorbing it as trying to be a leader myself and understanding what my team's looking for, looking inside at what I personally want. And then also what my friends who are working for some larger organizations are telling me about their experience. So I just want to make sure that that's clear of the perspective that I'm giving here. I think it's wonderful that we're getting your perspective. So no, I I think it's great. But my father always told me that change is inevitable and that unfortunately, nothing will ever stay the same. That's just the reality of a situation. So because of that, I've always found that it's important to embrace change. And I think that there are some leaders that are concerned, let's call it, about what the future of work looks like and what that would look like for the team and and efficiency and productivity. And what I would ultimately say is, again, going back to the fresh take, the happiness side, right? Like, I think if you can achieve the holy grail of my employees are happy, I don't know why there would be a concern at all. Like, that's just my take based on what I hear from, again, all of the perspectives that I'm bringing in. And for us, at least, the way that we decided our teams, like the way that we're navigating it is I sat down and I actually wrote out what my ideal scenario is. And that was like a starting point of like, well, these are things that I think is vital. So this is where we're going to start. And then we're going to learn from people where those limitations are and figure out what the best way to, to bring that about is. And I think that just embracing change in itself is important. And that would include not only just the way in which work life balance works, the way people are able to work, where, when, et cetera. But ultimately, how to. I think that there's a lot of new technology that people are, I don't think afraid is the right word to any extent. I think it's definitely a big step. It's a large leap very quickly. But 
I think that the same people that are resisting it, it will look the same way for those that resisted the internet back in the 90s. Back then, people said, oh, why? what do I need email for? What do I need that for? What do I need a website for? Like, why? Who's going on that, right? And we look back now and we're like, oh, who could have thought that? (laughs) I can't believe that. So I think if you try to look in your own head and look at science fiction, movies, novels, all of that, and say, where did they expect us to be? You would say the internet is combined with reality in both ways. If I'm not there, I'm still in a real situation. And if I'm not on the internet and I'm in the real world, I still have the benefits of the digital experience, all the information I'd ever need right there, blah, blah, blah. So to say that the metaverse and and these things are not going to increase in value and use over time, I think would be negligent to an extent, just purely looking at history of how the technology evolves. So I agree, it's hard to get on now. There is not a tremendous amount of value yet because it's still difficult to access and it's extremely difficult to create. So because of those limitations in itself, you don't have a lot of traffic. And when it comes to the creation side, you don't have too many experiences that are available and they're not fully customizable because you literally can't, like, unless you really know what you're doing. So for the managers out there, I would say that there are tools that will allow you to start getting involved and finding ways to make sure that that balance is, again, an easier transition. And I think that that's the most important thing is it is not a big leap when you find the right tools that will help you get there slowly. Slowly yet quickly at the same time, if that makes sense. Like you don't abandon your current processes. This just adds a way for you to include those processes in a whole new channel, a whole new way of doing it is the way I would say it. I'm hearing Ethan is change is inevitable. Change will continue to happen. And for managers to really acknowledge that the pace of change is likely going to continue to increase based on the pace of technology advances. And so approach work and approach leadership with that mindset and then get the right tool set to make it easier to adapt to whatever that new thing is, be it the metaverse or whatever comes after that. Does that summarize it well? Very much. Awesome. So my final question for you, Ethan, is what is one company that you admire for their fresh take? It's a good question. I think there's a lot of them. Can I mention a few? Yeah, sure. On one end, I would say somebody like a Twitter on one end. There's a lot of debate on them right now. I'm specifically related to Twitter on the sense of anybody can work from anywhere. That's a very big organization. So I'm using that just as an example. There's many companies that have done that, and I'm not going to deny there's probably larger ones than them that have done that recently, but they're going headfirst on, we don't need to go back to the HQ. You know, If you want to be distributed, you can be. And I think that that is amazing and should be followed. When it comes to like the way in which we work, like who's taking a fresh take on how we work, I think that the number one company that I've got my eyes on right now is Unanimous AI. Because they have done some unbelievable work on the AI side. And it goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of, you know, people are like, oh, these might take over the world. And and rather, the way that they're approaching it is similar to us, where it's, well, humans have a lot of benefits, but we also have flaws. And there's things that this could help us with improving. So what they've done is they've implemented a swarm technology, basically. So similar to how, you know, the bees swarm, birds flock, fish their schools of fish, you know, they go together. It's similar for humans so that it can allow a group 
to more effectively make decisions, to collect and amplify their intelligence um, as a group. And it allows us to achieve more on our own. So it could take a group of 20, ask a question, and ultimately using AI, determine how confident was our group in this decision. Did you switch your answer? Did you not care enough that you just stopped trying and weren't trying to pull it towards your answer, et cetera? And we've actually recently integrated with them purely because we've agreed that within the virtual world that it's going to be much more vital to make the right decisions as a group that is distributed. So I would say I look up to them a lot, and their founder is remarkable in itself. Louis Rosenberg, he invented the first augmented reality system at the Air Force in the 90s. So he's got a lot of experience in the space. And I like that they take their fresh take is, again, to amplify humans by utilizing new technology in a way that makes sense rather than, oh, it's just going to replace us. It's not replacing us at all. It's making us smarter. And I think that's something to look up to for a variety of reasons. I would agree with that. So unanimous AI. Unanimous AI. Okay. Well, thanks for sharing your perspectives with us today, Ethan. If our listeners are looking for you, what's the best way to to find you? Yeah, well, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn for sure. I'm pretty active on there. My name's Ethan Berg, B-E-R-G. Just as a reference, you can find us on our website too, which is agora, A-G-O-R-A, V-R dot world. If you just Google Agora World, you'll find us. And then from there, I, I would go to our socials, which you can find using the same thing and, and just search Agora World. And we're on all the platforms. So uh, please reach out though. If you're interested in learning more, there's anything I can do to help guide you in the right direction and you just want to learn more or, or even try building your own space, we would love to help you out with that. Again, just looking to empower people like myself with great ideas. I love it. And Ethan, I think what I heard you say in the beginning of the show today was that Agora World is really all about making this maybe somewhat intimidating space feel more approachable and more accessible in general. So Definitely, listeners, don't hesitate to reach out to Ethan. We'll make sure we put the links that Ethan mentioned in the show notes as well. But Ethan, really, thank you for being here. Thanks for sharing your perspectives. It's really exciting what you're doing with Agora World, and and I can't wait to see how it applies in the future of work as time evolves. Well, thank you again for having me today. And thanks, everyone else, for listening in. Don't forget to stay fresh. 